Hey, welcome back to the Truck and Driver podcast, Chris, after a uh, short sabbatical. How are you doing? Guten Tag. All good in uh, planet home Firth this fine morning. Glad to hear it. A rest. That's what we need. A rest. We've had oh. so we're good. So let's uh, let's get back to the full slander, libel, and nonsense. Indeed. How's the lorry? So much to talk about, isn't there? How's there? How's the lorry? The lorry. We don't call them lorries down here. Lorries are 1956 Albion. How's the flat load going over How's the wagon? <laughs> wagon. Uh, that's better. Is it? I thought wagon was worse. I thought. I thought some people told me that no. wagon was how you just described it there. It's a wagon. Now, lorry. People who drive lorries are called Bert, usually. Anyway, the uh, uh, she's fine, told last. She's um, been in for a test a month early. Obviously, we've got double extension to end of October, but Jamie, my fitter at JRM, suggested October could be a meltdown month like we've never seen, so he, uh, he had a slot, which we took. So she went in on um, 23rd, 4th last month and passed. Despite the best efforts of the tester, all straight straight forward now. Yeah, you'd have thought so until he got there, and uh, the tester seemed to have had a bad morning, so he was as awkward as possible. But he had to he had to take the pill and pass her. He um, he claimed that the headlights were well out of bang, but Jamie is OCD headlight checker. He'd polished the lenses up and he'd set them and checked them and checked them again and then checked them again at morning in case the rats in the workshop had messed overnight. And the test lane at this place had been closed. One of the test lanes had been closed because they'd noticed the headlight checker was out of calibration. Uh, it had not been calibrated, so they shut it. So, a couple of days before our test, they'd had new tracks that had a new checker and it had all been calibrated and set up and ready to go when he tested my headlights and said they were miles out. So um, Jamie demanded a steward's inquiry and he got one. And guess what? The brand new headlight checker was about six yards out. So uh, yeah. well, somebody should Good be that. getting pulled up for that. And he, um, for some reason, after all these years of it, having those Eminoxes up the back, they took offence at the Eminoxes this year and tried to claim they don't like non-standard exhausts. And that, right. That's a good one for an Eminox on a Foden. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's yeah, a stormer, that one. For those of you that are younger and maybe aren't familiar, Eminox exhausts are standard equipment on a Foden Alpha. He tried to make out that they were non-standard and he doesn't like noisy exhausts. And, you know, it's not a you know, boy race truck or whatever he said. So um, Jamie says, well, if you'd like to just look up there, you can see they've got their ID plates on from Eminox with the serial numbers and they are all standard issue so anyway he grudgingly had a look and then and then this is the belter this one this is fantastic and i've got this he then decided this year because normally they don't smoke tested they just have a look and if she's clean she's clean but this year he wanted to put his probe in my pipe so he did shims it up one side and takes a smoke test on one side i think passes 1.5 um she was 0.11 which is cleaner than euro 5 so he then proceeded to take all his little pole down and all that and drag it all around other side and tested other silencer. And uh, at this point, I think <laughs> we asked, what are you on with here? He says, I'm, I'm checking both silencers. And uh, obviously when it comes out of one uh, flexi from back at Turbo, you can see the problem there, can't you? So I think at this point, Jamie just decided to let him get on with it and do whatever he felt he must do to make himself happy. Yeah, uh, he, uh, he tested both stacks and we got two smoke reports so there we are good um 
in terms of expense this year she had two airbags and two brake chambers a tiny wee fist sized chambers on the middle axle they were corroded underneath right around the back you can't see unless you have a bomb disposal mirror on a stick but jamie does because he's like that he knows my mot and my clean sheet is a thing that we have to mm -hmm. we have to maintain so anyway there were a few feathers poking out of airbags on back so we swapped those swapped those brake chambers Polish headlight lenses took her in and uh, air presto despite the efforts of Ebenezer she's uh, got 13 months MOT that's not bad you know airbags are something you've got to deal with periodically that's not out the out with the scope of no, no I can't believe I've got to change that no good. so that's good it was a cheap MOT we like those excellent well, no, we, mm. we left it I was I said to you um that we'd mentioned, we touched on some um, 12 speed manual 510 DAFs, and yeah, I, did, I, yeah, I made yeah. inquiries to try and find you one uh, without great mm. success. I, try, I tried a DAF dealer, and one of them was on leave, but I left him a message, so he didn't phone me back. And then the other one wanted to communicate entirely through the medium of text messages. And I would imagine that if you're trying to sell trucks to people, that wanting to text them back and forth when they have called you and asked for a call back is not the best way to go about things. I want a phone no. call back to discuss this and all that. No, we don't know of any and we couldn't like find any. Oh, right, okay, right, right, you're clearly uh, not particularly interested. And then there was that other one that had popped up, but uh, that, that had done a bit of work, that one that I sent you. All right, that, well, we found some down here. Mm -hmm. I mean, you... Um, yeah, you know, DAF network. So your man that said he couldn't find yeah, one plainly didn't but, turn his computer. I don't up. believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe you've actually looked. Right. I think you would. I think you wanted to. I think you just wanted to sell one with an automatic gearbox on it. So. Right. Well, it took me a second and a half to find some at mm -hmm. Hull at Motors with a guy there, salesman called Steve Mason, who's been on that job for years. Top bloke. Um, there was a deal just about to be done, and then I. Uh, rightly or wrongly went and asked the question on the daft page on uh, facebook saying chaps you are all daft heads on here what's what's the story with the 12 speed manuals and uh, basically mm -hmm. it seems to be the story is with the 12 speed is leave a 12 speed where it is and get a 16 speed because they tend to explode well you'll probably read it all anyway quite a few people in there have had gearboxes just expire without any warning just boom mm -hmm. and, uh, they split the casing mm. or they don't but it's a bit of a risk so i um i asked steve about this and i asked him about the water pump has that been done because another fitter says you know the buggers for water pumps see if it's had a water pump done and there was a lot of issues with knock sensors apparently but anyway knock sensors are going to be an issue on everything these days so we're not going to cry about that i just um not particularly keen on the idea of gearbox blowing its guts out you know, under three, four year old. So well, no, no. I asked about driveline warranty, and he says three months. Well, mm. I, I, if they've no worries on these boxes, and they want to sell me one at screen price, which is what I was going to pay pretty much without any haggling, it would not kill them really to stick twelve months driveline on, would it? But they don't seem to want to do that, and I don't want to take on a gearbox that everybody else says he's going to go ban it. Um, when I said so, it depends. Is it a, ten minutes? I know, I know, I, I know a fleet that's been running a load of them, but I will say that they haven't mm. had. Well, 
It's hard to, they haven't had just anybody on them. It's the same a lot of with manual gearboxes yeah. these days. People get in them and then cause them problems because they can't mm. drive them. But it is, mm. it is perhaps notable that they no longer do the 12 speed. Yeah. That's it's been binned off. It's the 16. That's there. Now, you know the what? Yeah, well, like you say, you know what? With all the economic uncertainty and the fact that Leeds and Sheffield have binned off their clean air zone, you're. Foden yeah. has a free pass for at least another year, I would oh, imagine. Yeah. So, why? That's how I've justified to mother my new expensive sun visor that's just gone for painting from McCallum. Oh, the one that got the yeah. one that got haggist. Aye, it's still on the old one, and I thought well, we'll have a look at these um, solar guard things. Uh, Scott Porter's little yellow daft's got one on it. Looks rather spiffing. So I thought oh. I'll give Craig a ring up in Glasgow and get one of those sent down. And he uh, duly arrived from Holland direct. In the biggest box you've ever seen. It must be right. 12 foot Come by on. 2 foot by 2 foot, this box. Like a coffin. Come on a flatbed. Uh, I don't know how it got here from Holland, but it got here intact and uh, it, it landed. So I took that down to Ultimate Accident Repairs at Rotherham yesterday to drop that off for Brian to attend to and make it silver. He's busy down there. Um, it's a, it's the paint spot that painted Phil Barton's Volvo and does all Stuart Holt's trucks when they come new and various others so top bloke brian but because he's a top bloke he's a very very busy bloke so i asked him also yesterday to have a look around mine and quote for a full cab repaint which if i can afford it he can't do till december which brings me on to a point later on about any any demos available in december uncle douglas um so yeah there would be in fact i could have got your demonstrator from a particular manufacturer but given the slanderous comments you made towards it on facebook the other day i don't particularly think you should be getting that model of truck oh. which will remain nameless yes that one <laughs> yes well i could always be uh, persuaded that i'm wrong i'll be mm. i'll be on i'll be honest that particular truck is Although it looks much like the old one, it's no comparison to what went before right. it. They are very nice yeah. indeed. And they're only going to have the bloody thing for a week anyway. Cheer up. Aye. Well, <laughs> I can't tell you when, but um, the first chance of doing a full cab paint on mine's December, mm. he says. Well. So, um, any time in December. And I don't suppose it'd be Christmas week, would it? That'd be nice if he'd worked through Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Aye, so people, aye, people are generally busy. When I had that Actros six thirty week before last, when people got wind of the fact that I had a lorry, I had a few offers saying, "Do you want to come and work for me for a week?" You know, oh, come on, I'll put some work out. I'll, I'll get a trailer if you want for it. But I'd already said, yeah. I'd already mentioned to Pollux, this is I'd run it for them, and I ended up doing the three runs to Leicester with it. But there was certainly enough. If I could get a hold of them, and, well, I've got to watch what I'm doing because I've got that big Christmas issue to do and then I've got another issue to do before Christmas as well. So I've got to watch with taking weeks out my schedule to go and drive trucks. Uh, and furthermore, I may be required to self-isolate for two weeks twice this year because we've found out a way uh, that I can leave the country and visit Denmark, which uh, doesn't involve driving in a truck. Right. What you can you see, I'm not up to speed now. I, I don't know what you can do and what you can't do anymore. I've just well, and, and I'm just doing well in Scotland, virtually nothing. You know, <laughs> well, she's a lunatic. She's really lost the plot. Um, I mean, all this bollocks is shutting your pubs down and resting. Yeah, it's old, it's old, old firm games coming. Well, it's had a knock-on effect. There was a woman who worked for a fruit and veg supplier who had a small fleet of trucks, 
and they've got a warehouse full of fresh stock to go to these places. And I really, I felt so sorry for her when she was in the telly. The woman was on the verge of tears. She says, all this food, yeah. we're going to try and best to get it to our food banks, but all this food has been ordered to go to cafes, to restaurants, to bars, and mm-hmm. now it's all going to it's all going to end up in a skip uh, because yeah. everything everything's been so severely shut down. Because in Scotland, um, restaurants are completely closed for sixteen days in the central belt, and even at that, you can only close at six at night. And they said that's for people who they said our glorious dear leader said that's for people who live at home who maybe feel lonely so they can go out and do something. And I'm like. Okay, I live at home. Maybe I feel lonely, but as it happens, I ha- I work during the day, and would finish by about six. So a lot of the restaurants that can't even open, there's no point in them opening because they can't make enough money because they have to close at six. Right. But anyway, um, you've got to get her out. Ugh. You chaps have got to get her out next year. I have not spoken to one man on my adventures up it's there. Gone, for it's her. gone. Not one. It's all going. It's all going a bit wrong politically up there with scandals and, and, and things. And we've got the Scottish. I've got the application on my phone for the NHS test and trace for coronavirus. And because we've got to have a separate Scottish one to the English one, the apps don't talk to each other. So. All the time I was in Leicester and Derby last week, my phone can't corona track me or do anything, and the app you can't have the two apps on your phone to go and cross over, so that doesn't work. So no, that was stupid as well. But, but we nippy, we nippy shall not have anything that Boris has got. Um, no, well it's, it is all God getting help. quite the God help you. the despair up here. But what I discovered was if you go into the Danish government website. Because this is a forward-thinking country that can test 50,000 mm. 50, people a day and get things done, it says you, there is a travel ban from Denmark. You're not allowed in unless you have a worthy reason. And it goes, Brr, list of worthy reasons, one of which is if you're in a relationship with somebody or you're going for a job interview or a funeral. And what you have to do is your other half in the country has to sign a legal attestation to say that this is genuine and you might have to present a bit of evidence like a few photos to say you've met each other then all i have to do is get a coronavirus test within 72 hours before to present as negative at the airport and then i can go in and i'm that's me i'm free i'm okay to be in that country now i would be visiting a country which has got about a tenth of the amount of coronavirus that scotland has so I can do my coronavirus test, yeah. go there, but when I come back, I'm still self, I'm still required to self isolate for fourteen days because we haven't bothered to do any sort of testing organisation in Scotland yeah. or the UK. So if I go back at Christmas yeah. again and I want to go and do that, then I've got to self isolate for fourteen days again. I can't get a test and then go be able to go about my business. I've got to watch what I'm doing with demonstrator trucks. So that's just yeah, mm. just British politicians letting people down all over all over the place. So yeah, but at least at least I worked that out way that I can go there without having to go and drive a truck. You know my views. Yeah. I mean, w- w- so there's no point going on about it, anyway. No, because it gets edited out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've also got, seen as we talked about um, ladies of the night. We need to go and find Aye. this now because we've got quite a bit of feedback on that, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Where was it? I'm just scrolling for a while. 
scrolling through my phone here. Um, scrolling through your collection of business cards that you've got from uh, public phone boxes. God, this is a this is an epic story. I loaded timber in Great Yarmouth behind another couple of motors probably 18 years ago from a merchant in Walsall. The time I got up there and tipped the other two, it was see you in the morning, driver. So I parked outside the gate in an industrial estate, wandered into the town, got some chips, came back, sat in the passenger side, pulled the curtain across, watched the telly. After a while, there was a delicate tap on the door. I pulled back the curtain to see a gorgeous young woman. This sounds a bit like a story from Mayfair or something like that. I was only about 26 or 27 at the time. I opened the door and I can't remember her exact words, but she politely offered her services. I politely declined, had a bit of chit-chat, and she left me. She wandered off and left me thinking of what horrors she may have had to go through in her life. Mm. 30 seconds later, there was another knock, and it was the same girl. No, it wasn't the same girl. This time, there was another girl. Her exact words were, I'll do anything for a fiver. And I replied, so will I love, before politely declining, and she trotted off. I didn't hear any more that night. That's a risky business saying, I'll do anything for a fiver. You know. <laughs> do you know what I'd have had to do for a fiver? Polish your wheels? If I were him. Get the jury get No, the... I'd have got her to tip that in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have said, right, I'll leave your keys in. Just keep it in a low box. You're going in there at 8 o'clock. I'll be, I'll be asleep. Wake me up when you've tipped. And don't forget to roll me straps and me sheets up. And I'll give you six quid. Exactly. <clears throat> My mate and I agreed. What is this? We got a taxi and a kebab and got back quite late. My mate agreed to wake the other one up at 5.30, went to bed, went to sleep, knocked at a bang at the door, then there was another knock. I knocked back on the window and shouted, OK, before there was another knock. And I looked out the window to see 30 to 35 women, oh, sorry, a woman, all around 30 to 35. <laughs> so 30 to 35 women, I would to say, this was clearly a dream. <laughs> it, well, done. It, it parked up in fog and it parked on a netball pitch. Night before. Mm. Mm. Tarted, short skirt, high heels, boob tube, leather jacket, obviously after business at that time in the morning. I couldn't believe it. Crawled back in bed for half an hour. But he said if there wasn't demand for it, they wouldn't do it. There wasn't any demand from me slightly hanging at five o'clock in the morning. No, you're all right. Dearie, yeah. That's, yeah, numerous, exper numerous experiences of ladies of the night going on I never have done never seen any of it or anything like that not that I want to but it's clearly no. that it does still happen and it still goes oh, they're not pestering me I must have that look in my eyes that suggests serial killer in waiting I don't know but I don't get pestered mm, yeah 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 no, like Albanian hitman yeah you're Borat you to your family Borat's got a new film out October the 23rd on Amazon Prime there's a new Borat movie and it looks. Will it be old spec or is no, it old no, PC? No, or oh no, oh no, it's even it's even worse. There was one. There's only like a, he dresses up as Donald Trump and goes and drags his daughter into a Michael Pence rally. Is it Michael Pence? I have a, a gift for you. And then he's gonna. And then he's at like a, a pro-life evangelical rally with his daughter, and he's like, "Have you ever put a baby in your daughter?" <laughs> I have. <laughs> <laughs> but he's in this because he has to go in disguise because everybody recognises him. So it's Borat dressed up as various people going about all the crazy parts of America. So October 23rd, Amazon Prime. I will be tuning into that and I'm definitely going to review, review it for the magazine. Wouldn't be the safest thing to do at the minute, would it? Going and being Borat in America just at the moment. Well, no, security were saying we can't guarantee your safety here. You may get killed. 
<laughs> mm. I'm looking forward to Good that. Lad. <laughs> What's your plans for me? Do you know where you're going or what you're doing? I wanted Monday off, but they wouldn't let me have Monday off. No. Are there schools on holiday down your way this week? No. No, another week or two yet till after. Mm. Um, I just fancied Monday off. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to engineer it so I don't work Mondays anymore. I'd rather I'd rather work Tuesday to Saturday. Mm-hmm. I really can't I can't cope now on Monday. Sunday afternoon. You know, if you don't catch me to do this, Sunday morning. There's no, no chance I'm Sunday. doing this Sunday night. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a manic depressive by about 7 o'clock on a Sunday night. I th- so, I th- there's something a bit psychologically better. I always liked when I was night trunking doing Sunday to Thursday. But always, there was yeah. always something that felt better about chucking the stuff in the truck and getting ready to go on Sunday night. I always liked that a lot oh. better. And then you always had that good feeling when it was Thursday morning and you've got back at four in the morning and then that's you, even though you're going back out on Sunday, I always like that that feeling. I might go and do a bit of night trunk in, in the new year with a gas truck. Yeah. That'd be good. I'm trying to abandon Mondays. That's a good idea. That's the plan. Good idea. I could get all sorts done on a Monday. You see, Sunday's a dead day, it's useless. Apart from, you know, wondering about with a shotgun clear shooting or no, just, just, there's nothing at all. I can do on a Sunday. Monday, when everybody's back at school and work, I can get all kinds of jobs done and get on. But And then I don't have to deal with all the dickheads on Monday because Monday dickheads are a different breed to Tuesday to Friday dickheads. They just are. I don't know what happens to people over the weekend, but everybody you deal with on Monday for, for six hours, wants, they want kicking. So <laughs> I could avoid all that pain by just not playing out Monday. So if you're listening, uh, Mr. Farmworth at Cobblefret, let's try and plan me out on Mondays. That'd be good. <laughs> yes. Um, what am I doing? Anything interesting at all in in prospect? Um, well, I'll be I'll be getting my quote for paint job tomorrow. I, I would think that'd be exciting. That'll have a lot of numbers involved, won't it? Aye. Let's see if um, you getting the chassis done. You surely <laughs> don't need the chassis well, done because you've already had that I've done a couple of times. I've asked to do two prices. You know, just cab and um, cab and chassis. Mm-hmm. Be nice, actually. It would be nice to get it done right. But uh, cab is starting to need all sorts of little bits here mm-hmm. and there, and because it's silver, yeah, it's a bugger to match. So you, you know, you, yeah, you need to hit the whole lot. I'm for a, I, I will forever doing headlight panel and um, bumper and steps and that to keep getting mm-hmm. chinned, stone chips and stuff. So I've never had roof done in all these years, and if you look. If you're eight foot six and you can have a look behind light bar, it's a bit it's a bit septic up there. So I'd like to get her all done, all done and dusted, and then um, we know where we are. I dare say it'll be uh, it'll be costly, but then so it's cost yeah, well yeah. costly is buying. How much would it cost you to run a Euro six truck for a year, and the additional cost mm. of like buying it and things? You know, if it's if you can get your final year out of it before you have to move to a Euro 6 truck, and there's no guarantee that you might have to do that in a year's time if everybody's still working from home, because clean air zones are about money as much as they are anything else. So you may find that they don't bother. And it's also telling what you mentioned earlier, that the fumes coming out of that exhaust are as good as, if not Mm. better than Euro 5, which was... That was noticed back in the day to Taylor Morrison when their Cummins powered Foden's were out gunning the Euro 5 DAFs. It's not a bad figure, is it, for 18 year old, that 0.11 
Not at all. As long as it, no, not not at all. As long as, it, as long as the thing's healthy and in good order, this is it. Let me lift the paperwork out of this box. Um, yeah, pass limit, one point five zero per million. Average reading on test one, zero point one one. So that's mm. that's just way off. That's brilliant. You could put your mouth over that if you if you felt the need. Second test on other stack, surprisingly. Guess what that was? Go on, guess. Uh, was it exactly yeah, the same? One, one. Aye. Yeah, exactly the oh, same. Yeah, I'd better get... I'm going to try and get the phone down to Davey Sibble, my mechanic, um, this week, hopefully, if he's not too busy, to give, get him to get the final look over and change discs on it and make sure it's mm. make sure it's good to, it's good to go because I can't risk having it going in for an MOT and then it bloody fails in something stupid because a, it costs me money and time and then it's getting back in for other other retests and, and, and things like that. I hope they're in a, mm. um, a reasonable mood. Who's to say? The minute before you go into Tesla when you're sitting outside, you want to shove a fire blanket down stack. <laughs> poke it down a good way, down tailpipe on stack and then uh, just go in it like a gauze filter. It'll, it'll capture most of coal that comes up there. Mm-hmm. I could, but the thing is, you, you got to make the you know the old ways are the best. Aye, well, it's always when you change up gear and it goes to low revs and you get that blast of black smoke out. It once it if it's idling, or if it's actually like once it's up to speed and doing like fifty miles an hour, there's nothing comes out it. It's just that caterpillar mm. way of like I don't know chucking in loads of extra fuel. Hence the reason they're they're yeah. so heavy on it. Definitely top set before you go anywhere. Yeah, near. I'm gonna I'm gonna text Robin Johnson. I wonder if he's still on furlough because he is the top set caterpillar man. I wonder if I can convince him to come up and do that because it's once that once that's done, you know that truck's really capable of going to work. I, I went and booked my. Mm. I, I discovered as well. I had 14 hours bloody driver CPC to do because you have to do your 35 hours within the five year period because I thought I was being smart way back in 2014 and did extra CPC courses. So I thought, right, that's me, got loads of extra hours in. But as it turns out, if you don't get it all done, I would have had to get it all done by 2019 in a five-year period because they've now expired. So I booked my ADR at the RHA in Livingston to get 21 hours, even though I only need 14, which is an expensive way to yeah. get CPC hours, but I figured, well, if I need that many, then at least I've got the qualification at the end of it. So, mm. with the uh, yeah, I did, I did same last time. I did, I did tanks and packs, and I got twenty seven hours. Right, I've decided That's... not to do tanks on this occasion because when I was driving full time the last time, I just I've never I've never been anywhere near a tanker. But Drummond's Drummond's had a really cushy trunk run that required. Um, ADR, and that that was a lot. I always used to really really enjoy doing that job. I used to get it quite a lot because I had my ADR. And maybe if I can get a couple of weeks on that in the future, then that'll that'll pay for it. You know, yeah, that would do it nicely. I let it lapse. I've not yeah. bothered this time around with but, ADR, uh, so I, I never used it. The, frust- the frustrating thing was that when it said for the refresher, you had to go and do as many days as to do it normally, and you had to set the exams at the end. And I was like, what? So that's why I let it expire the last time. Well, I was busy and self-employed in 2016, so mm. there was the old self-employed double whammy whereby you've got to pay for the course and then you're not you're not earning for a week. 
I didn't. I yeah. didn't bother at the time. So yeah, that's that's in December. So hopefully that'll be. <laughs> Right. That'll work out alright. I'll have to dig out all my old notes from back in 2011, which I did. I remember I bought a packet of felt tip pens and drew all the symbols out and all the proper paws and everything like, like a, a primary it's, school child. It was fun. It's a joke now. <laughs> ADR, it's a joke. It's just a it's just a lurking game. You just sit there and listen, you know. There's nothing to do. You don't even get to abuse Rusciani anymore, you know, you don't do CPR on the dolly anymore, you don't do anything. You don't get to light a fire in a bin anymore. You get to watch ah, a video about it. I never got to light a fire um, in a bin. Ah, we had to go out back, first ADR about 10 years ago, and uh, set fire to a metal bin and put it out with an extinguisher. And, oh. uh, and, and then we got to climb all over the resussy practice doll. We're all going to be like hidden behind Perspex screens wearing hazmat suits to go and do this course by this point, I think, provided dear leader hasn't gone and made us do it all online. Maybe. Yeah, well, I've got a tub with about 50 litres of used gear oil you can have if you want to um, tip it over a heat and set fire to it. Okay, well, just have to remove that bit. <laughs> Take your pick, really. Right, um, I did gearbox and diff oil last weekend in a moment of frivolity. I need to I do it. Yeah, I need to do it. Mine needs that done. I'm going to put that on the list for gearbox to do. Spotless. Gearbox oil was spotless. You could see through it. You could hold it up in and you could look through it, it was still clear, but the diff oil was in a terrible state. Mm. And um, I had a diff pinion oil seal done last year, and um, the crew that did that must have tried to get the drain plug out, you know, the big torques, rounded it off, off and it won't come off, so they thought, sod it. So they've taken pinion out, done seal, put it all back together and topped it up and left all manky oil in, and then billed me for new oil, which was nice. So the stuff that we finally got out last Saturday, when we... uh, got the rounded off drain plug out was appalling. It was mostly water. And the only way the water's gotten in was when it was leaking on pinion seal. No, oil came out, not. water can get in. So so I've had a shaft in there. So that came out, we swilled it out with a bit of red and then uh, fresh oil in there and a new plug. So good to go. Good. But More... I do like discovering that I've been rogered by garages. It's always nice. Uh, preventative maintenance, yeah, that's hmm. Mm. That's not good at all. That's not good so, at all. Yeah, I'll have to get mine done as Mine done as well, got the full set of fluids through it, just so, well, we've well, yeah, got no idea how much it's going to do or what, it, or what it's going to do, but at least if it's well up to spec, you know, if somebody wants to offer me stupid, uh, well, stupid, the money of what it's bloody well worth, find another one, you know. Get a good tracking man out as well, that's mm-hmm. my advice to you. So I, I had a tracking guy out last weekend after I'd done oil, he came at two o'clock in the afternoon, it's a new bloke, I've never Is it expensive? Before, but he's... Uh, no, no, no. Um, he's absolutely technologically up there. Brilliant. So the last chap I had was all dangly things and bits of laser pointers and all the rest of it and tape measures. This guy comes up, puts your front wheels on these metal plates and like a shaker plates in uh-huh. MOT garages for cat. Uh, and he uh, he checks caster, he, um, your kingpins, he checks your toe in, your toe out, he checks your middle axle, t- checks your back axle, lines it all through. It's all on a computer. It's marvellous. And um, mm. he discovered that my back axle was out by about three mil. So she's, yeah, she used to pull to the left. She always pulls to the left mm-hmm. badly. Always has done. And I've had it tracked up with one firm. I'll not name, but I've, I've always had one firm do it. And it's been the same sort of nonsense every year. Um, it would seem the reason she was pulling so viciously to the left was the back axle was running towards the hard shoulder. 
by about three minutes. Tail wagging the dog. Does sound a lot. No, well, uh, over a course so, of many miles, I'm, it will be. Oh, that's, mm. hmm. I'm dragging this back axle down the road, and it's you know it's steering into ditch. It wants to go into ditch. I'll cost you fuel economy as well because it's dragging oh, against what, it, what it's supposed to be doing. Is it expensive to get yeah, this service done? No, I think all in, including that, it was less than 150 quid. Oh, yeah. well, that's no brainer then. I have to. Right, and it was brilliant. And the reason this axle was on the piss quite so badly was somebody, in their infinite wisdom, at some point had put three shims in on one side. Right. And it was shimmed to make it run on the piss. So that I can only assume that somebody in the mists of time and had a look at this in the old dangly chains and, and red lights department and thought, oh, that needs shimming. So they shimmed it and actually made it run out of track. So ever since then, mm. we've been running out of track. At the front was wearing the near side steer tyre off on the outer edge badly and that was out by about 1.1 mil so he's taken that other way and set it sort of in a past centre to see how we are but the steering now mm. can let go of the steering wheel on a flat surface mm. like a car park mm. obviously not a cambered road but you let it go on a car park and it, it goes it's like you know ploughing on sat track you can just yeah. Let go of the steering wheel and tractor will fall at lines. Brilliant. Anyway, really interesting bloke. He's called uh, Aidy and the company's called Pro Steer from Sheffield. But this lad will travel. You get a rather snazzy printout when he's done of, of what's what before and after. Um, really efficient, really friendly, knows his onions. And he is uh, not wanting to get in, get it done and get on to the next one. He got two more to do last Saturday, but he got that involved in this one that he spent about three and a half hours last Saturday afternoon doing this, making sure it was dead right. So he kind of cocked his own afternoon up, but that's, he says, I want to do it right, I want it to be right, and I want you to be happy with it. So <laughs> I am, he did, and we were. Excellent service, that. Um, I don't know whether he's um, part of a bigger group. I don't think so. I think Pro Steer might just be him, but he, he did say he'd been doing some hellish distance, you know, down south and all over. Anyway, mm -hmm. that's the chap. Look him up, have a natter. I can only recommend. I will do. I can only recommend look it. Fantastic. I'll look into that. Chip away and make the, make sure the thing is spot on. I would like to. I would like to. It was nice to go and get oh, a load on it finally because it does drive It does drive surprisingly well. So you know, top end set and a bit of wheel alignment. Aye, that would be. That would be definitely be a good idea for it. Yeah. Aye. It won't have been top set that for centuries because no. the one that Ian still got hadn't been and it's just been done it the last six months and that, yeah. you know, it comes in and no. altered it completely. So this, you know, this big guzzler of yours mm, like I, a bloody racing I, I think because I thought when I did that trailer I was like surprised 16 tonnes, which is, I mean, my old eight-wheeler, which was a 400, which we think might have been chipped before 50, we don't know. But it pulled, at 32 tonnes, it was a good pulling truck and I felt that the Arctic just there felt a bit more strained. I was like, this is like heavier than what I thought it would be. So, you know, maybe there's a, there's probably scope to get a little, get some more performance and efficiency out of it. But absolutely no shame to it for I've been being parked up for that amount of time. I, I loved getting back in it and driving it with being small and low to the ground with its creaking dash plastics and everything that was really nice to, to get into it even mm. considering the last thing I was out in was that big 630 Merc I still have an enormous soft spot for my old manual Foden um, I'll have to the next truck I've got is supposed to be the Iveco S way but that's all up in the air because they, they cannot get it registered 
uh, without a fight from the authorities. Why? Um, it's the first one in the country, and they're just dragging their feet on it. Uh, so I don't know if I'll have that lorry in October, because we're in October in a couple of weeks' time or not. Um, I've just got to hope that they do. If not, it gets pushed on into November, and it's in the Christmas issue of the magazine, but I would prefer to have it out in the road so people can see it a bit more, as we because it'll end up going out in the road during the shortest days of the year, and it'll get all dirty, and people people won't really be able to tell what's what, what it is. They won't see it as much, but there's nothing I can do about that. It's just it just all comes back to the horrific bureaucracy of the DVSA and the DVLA through all of this. Yeah, bet that the truth. The next thing on the agenda, we've got. Um, the December issue of Truck and Driver coming out, which is the V8 special in a couple of weeks' time, which would be lovely. And then I've got my 132-page bumper Christmas special coming out and all. Um, exciting times for Truck and Driver. Um, best best performing truck magazine in the entire sector by a country mile. So thank you very much to Aye. everybody who's supported us. Our sales, while well, they took a... Uh, a dive during lockdown, as you would expect, have astonishingly returned to within one percent of what they were before all this happened. And uh, nobody, mm, you know, I still can't get one. You, you're definitely on the mailing list now. Do you have the one with Bert Demoy's Volvo and the white no. phone on the cover? No. Right, I've, I've got a spare cut. No, you posted me one in a funny envelope, didn't you, last month? I don't, I, what, like a brown envelope? No, you I think it was a pretty conventional envelope. Right? No, well, what I've got here... You, All right. Um, this. I'm still not getting this a well, you, I know that they're on a delay. This, do you have this? No, I've not got that. I'll post you. No, good lad. And on that note, I'm going to let you, get, I'm going to let you get back to doing whatever it is you're going to do with your Sunday. I hope your Monday is kind to you. And I shall, with any luck, catch up with you next week. I've got to go to the wrong side of Pennines in the morning. I've got to go to Manchester with a load of timber and then uh, trailer swap out of Kingspan in Hollywell. Hey, so, that might be all right. That, you might, that's... Well, I, during lockdown, it was ace. It was a marvellous day. Actually, we're on limited all the way across and all the way back, but now see a sea of memos to I did, uh, I, navigate through spent, in the morning. I've taken many a load at a Kingspan Hollywell. It was always just a bit like toss a coin, though. You're either getting out here on a flyer or... The Lord's not ready till five in the morning, you know. Take your chance, phase. Yeah. yeah. I would quite like to. Yeah. Yeah. I would quite, if I get a gas truck, I'll maybe go back and do do some of that again. I quite I quite enjoyed it. We're quite lucky because we've got a mini trailers in there that if yours isn't loaded, generally they can nick one that is from somebody else and get you on your way. So. Yeah, there's that many. You can just go and ditch it at Sherburne. I haven't been up to Sherburne for months. I think this corona nonsense that kicked off maybe just started when I last went to Sherburne. I haven't been near it. It's... Um, it's Hollywell or bust. It's not a bad paying day, to be right, because you're only heavy one way and you come back with two tonne of fluff for Luxembourg. On, so you That's that, it'd be, it, would be, it would be a lovely job for a greedy caterpillar-powered Foden because you're only grossing Aye. 25 tonnes. You know. When my mate Stephen was running that on 44 tonnes of potatoes and I was thinking with that 16-tonne trailer on it, I was like, dear God, this must have been painful. <laughs> Yeah, it'll have, been a bit, it'll have been a bit exciting. When we ran for Hanson's on, on bagged aggregates, Martin Hancock's 450, bearing in mind it was virtually brand new, that thing, it was doing six and a half, seven, seven and a half max all week. That's all it'll do. But it went like hell. Yeah, I'm not convinced. Like mine's, need, mine's needing a bit of fettling to bring it back to its former former glory. 
Well, on top of top set requirement, yours you'll find because you've been pillicking about in it for two or three years, just running around, not getting it hot. Mm. It'll be glazed. It'll need some pain, and it'll smoke like a dog until it's had some pain. Mm-hmm. Um, vintage tractor boys do this regular. They'll buy a tractor. They'll spend thousands, do it all mm. up. It'll all be sure spec, and all it'll do is go on Ayrshire Roadrunner, National Roadrunner, and the rest of it. And they just glaze, mm-hmm. and they start getting blow by. You know, they start putting oil up exhaust. I bet they need thing. some pain. These engines, they need to be warm. They do. They need to. They need to work. Aye, that's the plan. You could spend a couple of days going up and down 74 at BTOC and back. <laughs> around uh, around BTEC, <laughs> around the back row. <laughs> yeah, but they're wise to that yeah, now. They're up there yes, as much they, as they are on they are, that, 74. Now they're incredibly sneaky. I would have to go down the i I'd have to go down some convoluted route going up from Edinburgh and down the 702. That would give it some pain. <laughs> They're putting some hours in at the moment, aren't they? The DVSA on the bloody roadside, um, mm. they certainly are. Scotch Corner's open this morning, 7 o'clock this morning, Scotch Corner will fall. Sunday morning. Mm. That is the, the, yeah, Have in, they got nothing better to do? They certainly do not, apparently. You know, certainly not going and clearing their MOT test backlog anyway. I can't see there being much to be excited about on a Sunday morning at that I'll time. I'll tell you apart what. Apart from gist trailers and Morrison's. No, vans. They want to be having a bloody good go at vans. The amount of scrap that you see driving about in the road. Go and have a right good go at them. The standard of driving that's coming off white van man and how overloaded they are and standards of maintenance and things. How do they get away with everything when considering yeah, the sheer volume of vans on the road? Last Last Sunday afternoon, with a shifty-looking bloke come up here in a really nasty van. I think you were an LDV or something. Wow, retro! One of these. Well, an actual, an actual LDV, an SAIC Chinese one. Yeah, one of those. They're not too bad, actually, if we're considering. Well, this one was knackered. (laughs) It was knackered, and he he came up and he couldn't speak over much English, and he's he's sitting at end at lane here. So I just potted down with dogs and says, "Now then, what's occurring?" And he goes, "Madison." So I and he were on for Amazon, bless him. But the van, you'd think Amazon oh, would have a standard well, wouldn't you, for, for vans, oh, but Christ, that thing were a death trap. When I was in there, when I was in there the other week in the morning, I was sitting waiting for my trailer, and all the vans came piling in to pick up the parcels. And if yeah, in it like O2 plate, you know, uh, Vivaros. Transits with no cells on them, the, the worst, most bashed about things yeah. you could imagine, because there's such huge capacity for parcels to get delivered. All the vans came in to take the parcels, and then the people in the cars came in to do it. So you had people in like Deo Matizes, and, yeah. and um, I, Ford Escorts stuff, going in, filling them with parcels, because that's, mm-hmm. that's what online uh, shopping is delivering. And if you think people are thinking that's good yeah. for the environment, well, you know what? The most the most efficient and cleanest part of that operation is when it's in a Euro six truck hauling all the bloody parcels yeah. somewhere. Because after that, it's getting transported in some old bucket. Now wait, there's something that we've missed off just right at the mm. end of this year very podcast because one of the fans of our podcast ran into you. Oh bloody hell, yeah. Forgotten about that. Aye, <laughs> aye, didn't he? That, that's, that was a great way to meet me, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Don't, just just to just, be clear, that's not an appropriate way. If you see Chris's phone, because it's really easy to spot and things, 
if you're going to go and speak to him, just do it politely. Don't go and run your trailer into his to provoke an encounter. <laughs> no, it's not a good way to break the ice, that is it, really. Isn't it? Uh, buy me a Costa and you can have a play with it. <laughs> and the wagon, if you want. Um, yeah, I was just sitting on the pumps at Barnetby, um, bottom side of the A15, and it's, it's a nightmare of a place. Once you, you know, once you commit to going there for diesel, if you're getting lucky and you turn in, you're in until everybody else has buggered off. So 15 minutes, engine off, just gone, gormless, staring out the window, watching a bloke with a big uh, set of discs in a field. And then suddenly the earth moved. Awesome bit of uh, impact there. And a guy with a container on, for whatever reason, thought he'd come around the back of us and it tried to get round, which is novel because that's the out lane. And even if you get round me, you, only, you go get to wedge yourself under the car pumps canopy so he uh, he got halfway around then he just turned left and he dragged 18 feet maybe of his container down the back of our trailer and uh, opened our trailer up like a tin of sardines and uh, rattled my teeth out and he, uh, he says oh I'm really sorry old chap you know <laughs> he was a nice bloke but, you know nice enough lad he just says I'm really sorry I don't know what the hell I thought I were doing there I thought I'd get through and he says, oh, it's you. <laughs> he says, I, do, I do enjoy your podcast. And he says, you know, I've started buying magazine as well in, in last 12 months for the first time in years. <laughs> so I put him down. I, didn't, I released his throat and put him back on his feet. And we had a you know, pleasant 10 minutes. Swap details. and <laughs> Off he jogged. And he says, I've only come in for a coffee. Bless him. Well, there you go. If you want to get yourself a mention on the podcast... There's one way to go about it. <laughs> well, the alternative is um, is make a really good job of me tracking or, yeah. you know, or painting. Yeah, I'll just else. get a nice mention. Yeah, I'll just email us. Mm. You know, I want to. You know, yeah. if you want your if you want your name mentioned, you probably shouldn't mention things about ladies of the night and things. But by all means, please leave us a review on any podcast apps that you use. Please, uh, on the proviso that you give us five stars. If you're thinking about doing anything less, please just don't bother. <laughs> And if you've got a 16-speed manual DAF... 16-speed manual, do, 510, super space, that's for sale, that hasn't done a lot of work. it's been a good gearbox or not, and it's not gone bang. No, that's a 12-speed. We know that the 16-speed's all right. It's a 12-speed. Oh, I just want to know... Anybody got a 12-speed? Yeah, what like, what like is it? Do you want to, like, lend us it for a week? Go and see what it's like, because there aren't too many. I don't like to go bang when I've got it. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, uh, the rules, you know, in these parts well, of the world, uh, if you if you bend it, you mend uh, it. The thing is, as well, though, with with manual gearboxes, garages, main dealers aren't necessarily all that familiar with them on the new trucks because they don't see them too often. So you know, you've got them. <laughs> Not Isn't that a ridiculous before? thing when you you know when you think of it? It is. A ridiculous situation. A garage isn't familiar with a manual box. My God, what hope have we got? Really, I'm just scrolling through DAFs with class, with great, great speed to try and find some of the comments about that 12 speed. But I can't. All right, sorry, I'll go and look it up myself and have a look. I didn't. I was, uh, I was hitherto unaware about that, but I will ask. Um, I'll go and ask a couple of people who are running them because I know. Well, Taylor Morrison's got some of them. Bullman's bulk, I think, we're running some of them because there's a rake of them for sale in Carlisle DAF but they're all space cabs, and some of them are 460s, and they're all 12-speed manuals. Will they be forestry jobs, though? They will be, but if they've been nailed at 44 on the forestry all that time, then you would imagine 
they might have been all right. Who knows? Yeah, that's the next thing we want to know. You, you, well, the last time we asked about um, 490 Scania's, 50% of the people came back and said they were the worst thing ever, and 50% of the people came back and said, no, they're fantastic. So thanks, that was absolutely no use whatsoever. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that cleared it up. Yeah, that cleared yeah. that up. So, you know, if, if anybody's got an opinion one way or the other, I liked the 12-speed gearbox a lot. But then again, I wasn't... I was running it on uh, cutting fighters and deckers for drumming, so we weren't exactly hard-pressed with it. I wasn't like... No, you didn't have wasn't, to... And you didn't have to mend it when it went back. No, well, we, I don't think they really need anything, needed anything. They were just nice... They were just nice to drive. So, anyway, on that bombshell... And the, the, I've just thought of an. Uh, I've just thought of your headline when you write up your week out in that Merc. Uh huh. A load of pollocks. Oh, I think that one's already been used before. Oh. Right, sod you then. Hey, are the are these manual dafts any good? Question is now up to one hundred and twenty-two answers. Oh, that's, that's too mm. much. Too much of a vague, too much of a vague question. That that's that's. Uh, well, the question wasn't that vague to be right. right. I think the answers were quite vague in places, but um, mm. I think the question was pretty bloody direct. In fact, mm-hmm. the question was, chaps, why shouldn't I buy a manual one hundred and six? Seriously, close to spending. That's better. Replacing good. Mm-hmm. Let's have the ins and outs of a five ten with a stick poking out of the floor. Oh, well, that's a Choose. perfectly good question. Aye, and then the shitstorm uh, erupted Boom. with lots of tales of exploding gearboxes, and then I can't fault mine, mm-hmm. but then the next bloke, I can fault mine, all the 73 pieces of gearbox we swept up off the hard shoulder and all this. Uh, um, and there's lots of people in there who jump in with a, you should have a automatic. So, yeah, but the question's not about automatics. I don't want one. That's quite clear in tips. So. It's not the question. I, curly hair it's not well, that so question. It's not that question at all. It's like it, it's like going on a dating site and you go, "I'd like to look for a new lady," and I say, like, oh, "No, you, you you should get a man because they will like chase yeah. spiders out the house for you." Mm. <laughs> that wasn't what I asked. That's <laughs> manual. First, talking about manual gearboxes here. The first serious answer was a chap called Jordan McKenna. Hello, Mr. McKenna. It says, make sure it's a 16-speed, not a 12-speed. If not, you'll be putting a recon box in around 5K. I assume that means five grand rather than every 5,000 miles. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I, I said, not much cop then, the 12s. And he answered with, okay, until they go wrong. <laughs> Range change explodes on them and puts a hole straight in the bottom of the box. Really common on them around five hundred thousand that, clicks. That's curious because I've always I was always to Taylor Morrison when I was doing my driver training. I could all um old um, Ian Taylor was very much like, do not put that range change switch down until you're at the low enough speed. If you yeah. drop that, if you flick the switch down and leave it to float in midair, and then it bangs down because that's really bad news for the gearbox. And I wonder. Right. You need to drop the range change when it's ready at the speed to go down into it mm. because it's got like something that will prevent it doing it. Yeah, I'll go and make an inquiry onto the 12 right. speed manual because I need to get a hold of Robin to see if he wants to come and do my top end set. He would know. And they ran. And he says here rather worryingly, they don't give any warning. Well, when do, when, uh, when do these things give warning, really? I don't know. Another chap answers him with, you're definitely not wrong there. Two of ours have just gone pop just after three years, both 12-speed manuals. 
Hmm. And then a chap here called Chris Carlisle says, I've got a 105 on 920,000 clicks with a 12-speed. It's sounded terrible since I got it at 343,000, but it's never changed nor failed. I did prefer the 16-speed in my 95, though. Mm. That's a, one, a so 105. A 105's different again, though. A 105 was built as a manual gearbox nice. as standard, so the 106 is a bit different. It was, it was 105 Euro 5s that I drove, to be fair. Mm, I wonder. The mysteries of gearboxes. Matt Laycock drives that really stunning 106 on uh, Smiths of Bury. Mm-hmm. He says 16-speed manual, it's the future. Yep, I agree with that. He ought to we know that. He, he's in it and he's on it. We absolutely agree um, with that. Lee Dickinson's got five 530 manuals, been nothing but trouble since the day they came. Mm. So there we are. So it's as clear as mud. It's it is back to the Scania 490 debate, and it? it's uh, one man's fish is another man's poisson. It is exactly. I I'm going to have to go and try and speak to some mechanic, uh, an actual couple of mechanics, and see what they they say. I'll see if I can hold of somebody for Taylor Morrison because they've got 12 16s and automatics all running beside each other across Foden's mm. Euro five and six dafts. See what they say. Mm. The chap here, Paul Lufferin. Can't fault mine. One thing I will say, however, is a daft fitter who actually knew what a spanner looked like adjusted my gear change up for me. Used to be terrible. Now it's like a car. No idea what he did, but it was definitely worth the 30 quid I gave him. It's fantastic. Well, that's the thing as well, because they don't see them very often as well. So, you know, if you, you maybe need a, um, a technician who's like into that sort of thing. When I went to get my tachograph calibrated, on my Foden uh, Volvo last year, there was only one guy in there who could still do analog tachographs, and I had to wait for him because all the young guys didn't know how to do it. So maybe it's the concept of um, manual gearboxes, because Foden's used to run cable changes back in the 4,000 days compared to the, the ERFs had rod setups, I think. And the Foden's could be notoriously bad to go into gear if the cables weren't set up right or they got stripped or what have you. So maybe it's. Maybe there's a, something to do with that. You need a bit of a, a manual a manual guy to go and know what he's going on, going on about with it. But definitely, those modern boxes should change gear notably more slickly, slickly even a word, than the one that we've got in our trucks, which is a perfectly fine gearbox anyway, but the throw of it should be shorter than it. You know. Anyway, having just spent all that money on that bloody sun visor, I don't think I'm buying anything for next... 30 years so it's probably immaterial now. nah not unless something not unless something absolutely crazy comes up that's just uh, just absolute perfection I, I think I think you're going to keep the Foden for another year that's what I foresee especially with our economy doing goodness only knows what and besides the point it's good fun to talk about uh, all the trucks that you might consider buying on the podcast, it gives us some material here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the weekly chat about which salesman you've wasted the time of this week. They didn't waste the time. Didn't get. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Didn't give me the chance to waste his time. Didn't even return my calls. He was clearly a millennial. If you're not bloody responding, you know they don't like being phoned. And if you work in trucks and transport, you do a lot of phone calls. Well, die, you know, die down at. Um, Keltruck in South Wales is, is brilliant. I mean, I, I was on weeks with that job with him and he patiently put up with my bullshit for weeks and then I decided it was a bit rich for me at 62 grand and he was dead right. He says, look, chaps, biggest thing you'll do as an owner-driver is get yourself saddled up for 
mind bugger in debt. He says, no problem. He says, when you're ready, you know where we are. Don't, you know, never a problem. I felt quite guilty that I'd buggered about so long and then mm. uh, ran away. But he was he was dead right. He just says, there's no point you buying something if you're not 100%, is there? Yeah, mm. top low. But I can imagine they get... 80% of the time he's, he's turning up with dickheads like me ringing up and wittering for a week or two and then deciding well I think actually I'll just remain with my original vehicle for a while longer thank you <laughs> but up to press none of them have um, called me a prick so um, anyway <laughs> what happens will happen by next week you might go and what have you done this week and I'll say I've, I've spent the first week in my new Merc you know who Could, knows uh, who knows it's, uh... wind changes Everything changes. Uncertain, but, uncertain times. But the one certainty is that you'll get a podcast from Truck and Driver at least once every few weeks. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.